Hey, welcome to ACC Talk. My name is Jarrell. My name is Dave. And I'm Quinn. And hey, we just want to welcome you back to our final discussion in this relationship series. We have been talking about friendship and then singleness and then marriage. And now we're ending on parenting. We're going to dive right in because we were just having an amazing conversation about parenting. And so let's talk about some parenting strategies. Maybe we have a kid that maybe are a little bit resistant to church, resistant to the gospel. Maybe it's Sunday morning. They don't want to get up. They don't want to go to church. What do you do if you're a parent and you're struggling with that? I would say be honest about why you want them there, but acknowledge that they don't want to be there. I don't think it needs to be a real heightened thing. You can relate and say, I get it. Like, ask questions. Why don't you like it? You know, but explain to them why it matters and just say, this is the best part of me. When I take you here, I'm exposing you to the greatest gift in my life. And I know you may not understand it. I know you may not fully know the Lord yet, but this is my opportunity to teach you about what I would want you to know. It's honestly, there's no greater gift I could give you. So I hear that you may not like Sunday school, or I hear that you may not like sitting through church, but I pray and believe that if this time can be something that has the impact it's had on me, you'll thank me one day. And that's why I'm going to keep leading you here. I love parents that don't panic and force it. There are times I think you have to be gentle. And if they're saying, I absolutely will not, you have to kind of think through how you handle that depending on age, right? Like little ones, they're going to come with you because you're fully in control. Teenagers, when they start being rebellious, you still have your decisions to make. I share the story. My dad was a pastor. And I moved to a big church and I didn't like the youth group. I didn't like it. And honestly, one of the most profound things he did was say, okay, you don't have to go. And I needed that freedom to feel respected as an individual. I really wasn't being rebellious. I didn't feel comfortable with Quinn, what what age were you in that? I was 16 and I just didn't feel comfortable with the kids. It wasn't who felt similar in my heart. And I was already struggling in other areas. And he heard that and he knew that. And to think of that was a 1500 member church. And to think of the lead pastor being okay to say, my daughter's not attending youth group. It was really, really impactful. And clearly I loved the Lord and came back and pursued that. But one of the most impactful parts of my faith was my parents really led by example, but they didn't force me ever. They really listened along the way. And so they would set the example. They would have certain standards we had to follow, but they would be in the word and they would passionately be like, do you want to hear what we're reading? But if we said nothing, then that would be it. And I just always felt so respected in the decision that it had to be a choice we made, but so influenced by the way they lived, I wanted it. My sister and I both just wanted it. So I get that there has to be a balance of, you know, my kids often are like, I want to play basketball. It's like, well, we're going to go to church. So there has to be a balance of listening. But I really do think when you take a moment to really hear their heart and not parent in fear, because that's the other part. God, God can do the work. God can do the work. It's not us that changes the heart. We lead them and then God does the work. So we just want to make sure the relationship is strong enough that they want to follow our lead. I I love that because I think it's important for us as parents to think about this, that God loves your children more than you do. 
And he wants them to have a relationship with him more than you do. And so like, when you think about those things, just rest in that fact and let that give you peace that God is pursuing them as much as you are. That God is trying to draw them into a relationship with him as much as you are. And so just pray, honestly, just pray. Like for us, we were going through a tough situation with one of our kids and I, the Lord really convicted me that I did not do enough in my personal prayer time of just praying for my children. And after I followed that conviction and began praying, the change was incredible. Like it was an incredible turnaround, incredible change because that prayer was meaningful and actually made a difference. And so I think that's, that's incredible. And then if you're, if you're asking yourself, like, how do I, how do I lead my child to have a relationship with Jesus? And maybe they're reluctant. My question for you would be like, have you shared your testimony with them? Like all the bad stuff. Like, have you shared everything you did that Jesus saved you from? And if you've shared that with them, like that, that is such a powerful thing. And if you haven't, do it. Like, just be honest with them. And I think one of the best things that we can do as parents is to just ask for forgiveness, to just admit to our children that we're not perfect. We know we're not perfect. But I think a lot of times as parents, we feel like we have to be perfect. And so we try to be perfect in front of our children and feel like we're going to lose respect or lose the ability to speak into their life. If all of a sudden they find out that we're not perfect, I just want to let you know, they know you're not perfect. And when you ask for forgiveness, it's an incredible gift. I was reading this, this study, research study by Pew Research, which is a secular place. They did this study on church attendance and how it goes on into adulthood. And they said that the, the best indicator for if a child is going to grow up into adulthood and carry that faith was if, they're bo if both of their parents had that faith. And it, it went on to say, for instance, 84% of people who grew up at home, a Protestant home, where both parents were Protestant, 84% of those children were Protestant in their adulthood. And I just, I think that's an incredible statistic. And I think it speaks to like, how good is your relationship with Jesus? How, how good are you doing at showing them the real honest relationship that you have and the work that you put into that relationship on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. I, when I think about that, something just resonated with me about what you're saying, Dave, is just this thought that when something isn't going the way that we want to, we just want to worry. And then that worry causes stress, doubt anxiety and fear in our lives and oftentimes it just paralyzes us it keeps us from doing anything else except doing more worry and so one of the things that i just realized like when parents from the youth group are saying like man i'm just so worried my kid does not want to go to youth i think like you saying at 16 like hey I did not want to go to the youth group one of the things that that i just suggest to, to parents and one of the things that do continue to love them you to expose them to jesus so whether they come with you on sunday so if they don't want to come to youth or if they don't even want to go to church at all just continue to pray continue to worship continue to show them the fruit that the holy spirit is producing inside of you because the the crazy part is if all they see is the fear the doubt the worry the nagging they're not going to want to come any closer to Christ. But if they see the change that is happening 
to you, man, they are going to be drawn to Christ. I always say, I mean, honestly, the thing that makes me want to be stronger in my faith, even as someone who loves Jesus so much, is being with someone who just so authentically loves the Lord. And you're like, I want what they have. What is it? I want it. I want that Jesus. You know, there's a quote by Gandhi that said, I like your Jesus. I just don't like your people. Right. And I always think about it's Jesus that's contagious. It's when Jesus is truly living through us and we want to be the people that make people want Jesus. Right. But even for our kids, I think it's really honestly no different. And sometimes we try and separate out parenting from our personal spiritual journey, you know, and I think there's moments that we miss that are so profound to teach and really mold a little heart when we're struggling and say, actually, I'm having a really hard time right now too. I'm upset about this thing that happened. And I'm thinking about how the Lord wants me to handle this. And so this is what I'm going to do, even though this is what would be easier to do. You've just made an impact, even if they're not coming to church. I was thinking about too, with like someone who's saying, I just can't be there, pray over them. Say, I know that whatever this youth group thing or this church thing is something that for whatever reason isn't feeling comfortable, but I still believe it's the thing that is so powerful. So I'm going to read you this and pray with you right now. I pray over the boys every night before bed. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know if these boys are going to turn out like me. They just don't seem you know, quite as sensitive to the Lord as I was. Granted, I'm a girl and my sister and I just related to the world differently. And what's happened over the years as I prayed over them, they'll have a stressful moment and they'll look at me and say, pray with me, pray with me, mom. And it's just really sweet because it's those small things, you know, that I think it's just consistency. It doesn't have to be monumental mountaintop moments, but just consistency of just the you know, going to God and saying, I'm seeking God too, that can really, really change a heart for, you know, toward him. That's good. Well, let's talk a little bit about difficult children. Obviously, I think that when they initially come out and they are beautiful, at least beautiful to you, you're thinking, man, this must be love. This must be awesome. But somewhere along the road, they got real difficult. Some come out screaming. Let's be real. And they, sometimes yeah. you're from the get-go, you're like, why are you crying right now? Well, yeah. some, of, some of them don't let you sleep for 18 months. So I won't tell which one of my children that was. I had, I feel like. 18 I, months straight, two, mm-hmm. no sleep. Mm-hmm. So all of that's true. But what do we do for the, the kids that somewhere along the road, they just got super difficult. You're not seeing eye to eye. And it's just tough parenting them. One of the things that I always think about when a child is difficult and a parent is really feeling like, gosh, this is so hard that I want the parent to hear is if you feel like it's really, really hard, it probably is. And I know that doesn't sound comforting, but not all children are the same. And one of the things we can do is, why do I think this is so hard? And everyone else is not mentioning that this is like really challenging. And if you feel that way, There's a word we like to call it spirited, but you probably have a spirited child. And there are traits in that child that can grow into amazing traits, but often in immature brains, they're hard. And sometimes you just need to know this actually is hard. This is hard. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not equipped. God can't use it. And that this cannot be this beautiful process where we grow together. But 
you may not be similar to the person next door and they may not relate. But I promise you this, there are parents that will. So find them. Find the parents that have those spirited kids. They'll be your friends. I think one of the things that I've realized with difficult kids, and thankfully, I don't have any kids that are just fully rebellious, fully not listening and don't love Jesus. But because I work with youth, I have access to difficult kids every week. (laughs) And so with that being said, one of the things that I have realized with difficult kids is that is genuinely the Lord blessing you and growing you in your faith. That genuinely, like that difficult situation, that trial, that hardship that you're experiencing is literally teaching you to rely on God. It is genuinely teaching you to to pray. It is teaching you to literally come to your knees and, and, and trust in the Lord. And genuinely, I feel like everybody in their life has something, something. So your, so your thing might not be difficult children, but your thing may be finances or your thing may be, you know, a sickness. It may be cancer. It may be something, but it is a constant reminder that this world is not perfect. This world is not ideal. It is not just about comfort. It's just about everything that you want, that this world is just a reminder of to go to God. And I do believe as you go to God, kind of similarly to the last answer that I gave, as you were going to God, your child is going to see you going to God. They're going to remember maybe not the exact words of the prayers that you prayed, but they're going to know that even if they don't believe in God or if they don't believe in your way of doing things, they're going to know that at least, at the very least, that you were can you held to your conviction of loving the Lord and that you love them. And so I think that a lot of those situations in our life are just genuinely placed in our life to remind us of our need for God. And and I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times we will enter into situations like that where it's hard and it's difficult. And our our initial response is just to pull the ripcord and get out. Like just to just to be, I don't want to be in this pressure situation. Like I don't want to experience life like this. But I think it is in those moments where God has incredibly special things for you to learn. I mean, just just think about pressure. Let's think about the the way that a Chick-fil-A sandwich is made is through pressure frying. And that pressure makes the chicken delicious. And I think a lot of times in our own lives, we need that pressure to really refine us and make us better and that God will use that pressure to push us forward, use it. And whenever you're in that situation, just use it as a reminder to, to dive into your relationship with Jesus and allow him to speak to you through that moment. It makes me think of the saying where you say, okay, God, I need to be more patient. And you think that the way God does that is just to wake up and you feel more patient. But in fact, what God does is he puts you in situations where you get to grow and have to actually practice patience or God make me more empathetic. And then you have a child that really doesn't draw much empathy from you. And your opportunity to grow in empathy is with this child. When we have someone we're struggling with, a child and just kind of like, oh, this is so hard. One thing I always think about is God chose you. 
not by mistake. This is not an accident. He is not surprised. You may be surprised by the characteristics you're dealing with. God is not. God chose you. He knew that you would be the parent through him, connection to him, never on our own, but through his wisdom that together paired up with God, you would have what you need to pour into that child. And I think often we think wrong parent, wrong kid, like we're, we're not, we're not driving here. And actually what we really need to think is, you know, right parent, right kid, right God. And together that gives you what you do need to go forward and move forward. The Bible tells us it is not going to be easy, but we don't have to fear. We have God. And we get in difficult places when we go, oh, this is not easy, so this must be wrong. And that's not at all what the Bible teaches. So we just really have to remember God chose us, and with him, we have what we need. Yeah, one of the strange thoughts as a brand new parent many, many years ago that I had was so much of what my children will become is what we pour into them. And while to a certain extent that's true, one of the things I did not realize or was prepared for was that so much of who they are now that I look back on it as a as a kid as a toddler as a as a child and now as preteen teenagers so much of who they were they were that straight up straight out the gate and so one of the things that it does for me is it encourages me now that like when your kid is terrible <laughs> and they're bad, you know, you can spend so much time thinking, oh my goodness, what did I do to make you this wretched child? Or on the reverse side, you could think, oh my goodness, this kid is so awesome. I must have been an incredible parent. I think we need to give a little bit more credit to God, that God so many times has has given them that personality, have given them their characteristic traits that of who they are. And if it's not exactly how you thought it would be, don't take so much blame. And then when it's incredible, do not take too much credit. I think that's the best piece of advice you can ever say. My mom always said, you came out of the womb, you. She's like, from the time you were in the church nursery, you were your personality and your sister was her personality. And I don't know if that's just forever implanted in my head, but my boys they have some similar traits from parenting, but they certainly have just, I am such a believer in nature. I mean, just nature's huge. Who God, this mold God gives you. And I mean, this blob of clay God gives you and we work to mold, but man, nature is undeniable. Actually, I was reading studies on that. They really cannot narrow that down exactly. It's, a, it's obviously a combination of both. There's genetic twin studies. Anyway, we need to be done, but yeah. genetic twin studies that show bipolar passes through twins, depression can actually not seem genetically tied as much, but regardless, it's very hard to know. Nature, nurture, it's a balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just like in general, I, it's just so weird. Like, like there are obvious things that you see within your kids that you're like, maybe you pick that up from me, but then there's like things that you're like, no, you did not like you did not learn that. I did not teach that to you. I did not model that to you. Where did that come from? And then you just realize, just like study or no study, mm. like it's you for mm -hmm. better or for worse. It's you. That's who you are. So anyways, well, hey, this has been a great conversation, man. We could, we could carry this conversation on for days talking about our kids and talking about conflicts and problems and all sorts of things. But we want to leave it to you guys in the comments. Let us know what questions you guys have about anything in this relationship series. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us on ACC Talk, and we'll see you guys next week.